What's going on, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode 142. Man, we are just zooming on by with these episodes. Hope you guys are having a wonderful start to the year 2021. I'm recording this on February 4th, so it's the first show of February. And yeah, hope you guys are continuing to hit those New Year's resolutions or those goals strong and continue to battle and overcome any obstacle that you may be facing right now. Before we get into things, did want to thank Generic Sports for producing the funky instrumental playing in the background. Check out more of his work on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search up Generic Sports, no tricky spelling. And thank you to the graphic designer of the My Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. That's Vince Correa. Shout out to him for designing the logo. Also, he helps out a ton too with the graphics that go into the My Mike and I Instagram page. If you're on that platform, go ahead and give it a follow at my period Mike and period I. I post audio and video snippets of the podcast, try and highlight the guests from each show as far as, you know, maybe highlighting they said that something that they said that I thought really stood out to me was inspirational, motivational, really catchy. I also like to post some polls up on there. And don't forget, we got stickers. All right, so if you want to slap a My Mike and I sticker on your laptop or on your hydro flask or anywhere around the city, be sure to hit me up and I will help set that up with you, all right? We got plenty of different designs too, so shout out to Jewel Santana and Joshua Adams for helping design some of the alternate stickers that we have out there. Now, we can get into the guest for this week's show, episode 142. Can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest is Zamir. Zamir, also known as NBL Zamir, if you're looking up his music on Spotify, Apple Music, or any other music listening platform, he's a part of the Orange Collective. He was born and raised in Orange County, but he spent some time in other parts of the world too, so we talk talk about that and his background into music. But he's also just a life coach, and he has a lot of spiritual practices. I would say he's more of a mindset coach. If you look at his bio on his Instagram too, he says he's a quantum healer, but he uses all those different practices along with meditation and his spiritual beliefs. It's honestly really interesting. I was super intrigued by it from, you know, the first time I heard this guy talk in an interview, I want to say almost about a year ago. And so I'm super excited to have him on the show. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation between NBL, Zamir, and myself. Well, first thing I wanted to say is shout out to Mr. Foley for helping to set this up. Hey. Had a really nice conversation with him. My brother. Not too long ago, the other weekend with Wim. But I wanted to ask you, how did you come in contact with Mr. Foley and Orange Collective? Man, so we have, um, Foley and I have a long, interesting history. Uh, when I was living in Toronto, Canada, I'm from Orange County, but I moved to Toronto when I was 18. And I lived out there. Um, I, was, I was pursuing music simultaneously as I was like going to school and all that. And I, I realized like, like I, I wanted my roots still at home. And I'm not sure if I reached out to Foley or if he reached out to me. I think he may have reached out to me uh, because he was like, who's this California? Who's this dude claiming OC, but he lives in Toronto and, you know, he was interested. And so um, I, I remember just having a conversation on the phone with him and that shit went for like two hours, I feel like. And it was just it was just real recognized, real type situation. And um, 
Yeah, man, it was it was cool. So we we touched base then, and then we kind of just peeped each other's moves. So when I moved back in 2015, uh, I was doing a lot of solo work, and I was working uh, with this uh, cryptocurrency company that sponsored a music video for me. And uh, they they wanted to shoot. Uh, I made a song for their cryptocurrency, and they wanted to shoot this whole thing. Uh, really cool. Shout out to Greg too, uh, at Karma Clutch, and that's the crypto company. Uh, and so we we shot that video and uh, fully showed up at the shoot because I, I mentioned I think I put out a blast on my Instagram like I need people from the OC show out yada yada and uh, fully showed up and in full support with his people all that. And we connected and he was like, yo, I got this move I want to do. And um, we had, you know, a lot of us meet up at um, Juice County Studios to do this move. So I'm fast forwarding now mm-hmm. uh, to, to handle this move. And we did that. We made that move. And the move was Juice Sound. Oh. And that was that was the record that we that we did. And that was a crazy, cool, historic moment for just not only Orange County. Like, I feel like that's a cool way to like look at it. But like, realistically speaking, from my perspective, it was like a cool move to do a collaboration like that. Like it was historic for me as a person and as an artist, right? To like, to collaborate with that many people who were also moving on that same wavelength, who wanted that unity here and like all that shit. It was like, whoa, this exists. I've been a lone wolf my whole career up until here. And, um, you know, just that opened up so much for me. I was working with a few people here and there prior to that and all great people, all people who I keep in touch with. Um, and, but it just wasn't the same kind of like, like ease and grace that was in the orange collective moving together. It was so easy. It was like, yeah, we want to do that. Yeah. We all want the same thing. Okay. We're aligned on that. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. And it was just constant. Like, you know, that it was, it wasn't, um, there was nothing forced. There was no ego. There was no, you know, like the normal shit that you come across in groups with artists. So I stuck with it, especially being someone who's like highly sensitive to energy and um, which I don't even like to claim that anymore because I feel like, like the sensitivity is good, but the, uh, the overwhelming of that sensitivity can be, can be something that you just don't want. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. uh, Yeah. But so it was, it was beautiful, man. Just working with the Orange Collective, it, it brought me into a space of like opening myself up. And it was at a time that I was going through a very uh, intimate journey with myself and opening myself up to, to me. And so it was like, it was simultaneously happening as I was becoming more open to me, you know, the people around me became more real. The people around me became more, um, it was cool, man. It, it was, it's like a real testament to how the universe works, but yeah, yeah man, it's incredible. And that's one thing that's always stood out with me um, because I've known Wim since high school and I, I had, I've had a chance to watch him grow. But seeing him do stuff with Orange Collective, it seems very like organic and like that's a big you know market to his brand. Organic, organically gifted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, it just seems like super cool. And I think a lot of times, like especially younger artists, you know, they just they get a they get with the hype and they got to be like self-made and yada, yada, yada. But if you look right. back in like history through a lot of different genres of music, not just hip hop and rap a lot of people kind of come up with collectives or with groups or with someone more than just themselves and then maybe they, they may stand out from the rest but um you know it helps to have like a, a community right around you people with like-minded goals and everything that's the real to me man like like i feel like we we're, we're so 
we live in this like lack-based mindset where it's like there's not enough to go around sometimes and it's like when you open the scope of that and you challenge your own idea of whether that's true or not um you end up you end up realizing like yo that's not true there's plenty in the in the deeper that you open yourself up to to working with other people i feel like the more that you see i i don't believe that there's even one person on this earth who is self-made because you needed you needed someone else to bring your idea to market. You needed someone else to bring your idea to fruition on some level, whether you paid them or whatnot, you still paid someone with the expertise to go ahead and, and, and create that album art, you know, or you paid something like you're not self-made. It's right. a fucking, that's a facade. You know yeah. what I mean? You may have had the, we may have had the will and the, and the, um, the want and, you know, just the desire and, and followed our passion and all of that, no one can take from you. all of that. No one, no one can take that from you, but to go ahead and claim completely self-made, I, I've kind of, I've kind of, um, dissolved that idea in my own consciousness. So. Yeah. And I, I've noticed, I've come to learn too, like America, like living here, we're like a very individualistic society and yeah. you, you know, my parents are from Mexico you know, I've met other people who have immigrant parents from like Asia and different parts of the world. And like everything's very collective based, right? Like you do things for the family. Sometimes you'll have like in-laws move in when you, when you, when you get married. Right. Kind of, you know? <laughs> and, but I, like the American culture is like, you know, we, especially like in sports, I'm a big sports person too. We parade around this one person of an entire, you know, for football, it's like Tom Brady, this Tom Brady, that. And it's like, yo, but there's like 52 other guys on the roster and like 20 some coaches and a bunch of trainers, like, Yo, it wasn't mm-hmm. just him. Like it was a, a big body of work that went into this Super Bowl or this win, you know? Yeah, and he may not have he may not have had the wins that he that he had until he until he experienced that chemistry as possible, even, right? Like that chemistry with his teammates and all that. Uh, I do believe that there's there's leadership qualities, you know, that we that we all possess. And it's really leadership. You can't like how can you be a leader unless you're willing to lead like a team, right? Or lead something, right? Like all of that, I think, plays into it, too. It's still it's still not singular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So backtracking a little bit, you said after high school, you decided to move to Toronto. What kind of went into that decision to leave Orange County? So I'm going to keep it 100. Like, I didn't apply to college when I got out of high school, and I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. I was I was more of like a, a, in high school, I wasn't so so much. It wasn't that I wasn't intelligent. It was just that it didn't keep my t- the schooling system didn't keep my attention, so I wasn't very um, present. <laughs> I was, you know, I'd skip class and I like. I remember at the end of high school, like they had to create a detention for me because I had so many classes that I skipped that I wasn't going to graduate, oh. and so they had to create a certain. It was for me and one other student at our high school. And uh, we, we had to go to this detention because it was like 10 detentions in one. And we had to go to 10 of those. So we had like close to 100 detentions, something like that. Oh, we never went to class. <laughs> and so uh, and that's just I mean, I don't know what that is. It is what it is, though, because I know I know now when I look at my life and, and you know, I'm studious. I am someone who's very diligent in that way. But it's just what, what am I putting my mind? What am I putting that attention to is what matters to me now. Um, so. When I got all of that to say, when I when I um, moved to Toronto, it was because my parents uh, wanted to move to Toronto and they had been planning on it for probably four to five years prior. And so when they when it finally came through, you know, they already filed for my permanent residency there and they, you know, they did all the paperwork and stuff like that. And I ended up just like 
at the end of it, I was like, shit, I'm either going to stay here and be sucked into the same fucking hole that I've been in through high school and the same friend groups. Not that those friends were bad, but like it was like it, it just I knew it wasn't the most beneficial thing for me. I needed to get out and spread my wings. So like best way to do that, go to another part of the country or another part of the world. Um, so I did that and I moved there with my family. And then I was like, I, I was researching colleges there and I found a school called Fanshawe College. And I went ahead and applied there and I got in and uh, little did I know, actually, I fucking knew this, this is bullshit. They, they, I was researching the top party schools in Canada and because that was my priority at the time. I was like, I'm an artist. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like I want to party. I want to smoke weed and you know, all that, that lifestyle, um, shit and so I, I did that and i had a great time honestly like it was it was a cool school it was two hours from my parents so like i only had to drive down maybe once a month and like groom myself and look all good to go see my parents and then come back to the party life and yeah it was it was fun man but um did all that and and then i got signed to a record label actually within a year of being out there um in detroit michigan and uh, that's because my sister was she was uh, intern for the for that record label. And so I got signed to the label, um, did some work with them, but it just wasn't all the way ready yet. The label was still pretty fresh and they were starting out. So they didn't have all the pieces in place. And so I, I ended up um, dropping from that label and started like it really lit the fire for me to learn the music industry after I saw the inner workings of it. So I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to do some research here. So I really started researching, you know, distribution channels. And this was before like CD Baby was like really a popping thing. This is like where it was kind of like only a few people got their shit on Spotify still, you know, and it was like in Spotify. I don't even know. This was like 2000 and I'm not even sure if this was around then. Um, 2000 and. Hold up. Nine, 10, 12. Okay. 2012. Yeah. All right. And yeah, man. So that was my journey out there. It was just doing music and, and, and like trying to figure out my life as a college student and then coming out. And then I moved back in 2012 out back here, opened up a recording studio called good guy music group. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started working with like Dr. Dre's son and uh, Curtis young and stuff like that. And then, nice. man, the journey goes on. So yeah, there's man. a lot of backstory, but yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something in the beginning, though, as far as like the school not really interesting you in high school. And, you know, me being someone who has recently like I've always worked with kids the last three years, but like I recently like wanted to put more time as far as like not rehabilitating, but kind of like reforming the education system, because I think yeah. really, like public school systems, they really do a disservice for you. They teach you these things that like purposely almost like make it boring for people like us. Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of a sudden we're deemed as like a bad kid or a bad person. And then, right. You know, we, we, we will go down this, like not all of us, you know, but some people will go down this certain path because they don't do good in this, you know, the math and the economics and the, the different classes that they have set out for us. But I feel like the curriculum is like so boring. And then they have a lot of teachers who like when they have tenure, they just don't care. Like I remember all my like English teachers or, you know, just teachers in high school that just really didn't like, you could tell they didn't care. They didn't try. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you just, bred to hate school and so like college for a lot of people is like well I don't want to do more of that but then you know I ended up going to college because that was like a big goal for my parents and, right you, know, you you learn in college it's like so much more different and you're just exposed to all these different kind of things and different things you can like specify in and I think we got to do a better job of like maybe like starting in middle school even high school kind of exploring different students interests 
and almost making it college based where they can kind of pick what they want, still give yeah. them some general ed stuff, but it's yeah. doing a disservice right now in the public education system. I totally agree, man. Like there's no, there's nothing setting us up for financial, uh, co- like comprehension, just comprehending how to handle your finances. There's nothing setting us up for even like, like, I feel like a big part of, of what we should be learning in school is how to listen to ourselves and our intuition. Like that's a really, that's a really strong skill to have. You look at all the top performers in the world. What do they do? They, they are tapped in with themselves. They know what the move is regardless of what anyone else is telling them because they have that inner knowing and uh, you don't have to be enlightened to do that. You just, you just have to know yourself. Right. And we don't, we don't teach kids to know themselves. We teach them to, to know the world around them. And um, yeah, I think there's a shift coming with that though. Mm -hmm. I I feel that happening. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people in my generation, they're all going to schools become more accessible and a lot of them are going to be teachers or psychologists and mm-hmm. just different stuff. And I feel like, you know, long term, 20, 30 years, we could see a lot of better things with the school system. I believe um, that. I, I did want to ask you, too, because you mentioned like you wanted you're already, you know, doing music as you moved out to Toronto. When did music become serious for you? And you knew this is something you wanted to do as a career. I think after I got signed to the label, that's when I was like, oh, I can do this for real. Like it was like an actuality at that point. Cause I'm like, this label signed me. I must have the juice. I didn't for the record. <laughs> I don't know what made them sign me, but it was what it is. I think it was the fact that I'm Indian and African and like, they were like, oh, international appeal. Mm. Oh, honestly, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Cause it allowed me to explore my art deeper. It allowed me to explore, you know, who, um, who I want to, uh, be as an artist, you know, what, what part of myself do I want to paint or all of it, you know, the ugly, the good, the bad, all that. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, around then. Who are some artists that inspired you to just pick up the pen and start writing or start recording your own stuff? Mm. Jay-Z, mm. Jay-Z, Drake, Lil Wayne. Um, man, prior to that, Eminem, who else? I always loved like, so I was a DJ before I was a a rapper. So I always had like the commercial ear for it. Mm. And that's because like I would DJ my high school's pep rallies. That was one of the cool things about my high school experience. I was DJing all the pep rallies. And so like I was known as that dude, you know, uh, for for doing that and like or being tapped into the music like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I would say like most of the commercial artists back then like spoke to me, whether it was like that Atlanta, like snap your fingers, you know what I mean? Dude? <laughs> like all that shit was like, it, it all spoke to me in some way. And it was really the club feeling that got me into music, but it was like after understanding like the culture as I got into it. Cause I didn't, I did, I, I'll be real. I didn't understand hip hop culture until I was in it. Right. Mm. I don't think a lot of us did. And I think right. if we're really honest with ourselves, we liked a song when we were a kid and we're like, yo, that's catchy. That's dope. My friends like it. We're bopping around and we're figuring it out. And then we're like, oh, that's what they're saying. This is like a whole cult. You know what I mean? And so yeah. we, we, we learn it from our own perspective. And and that's what it was to me. Like I learned it from like this perspective of being a DJ. And then I moved to being, you know, the the songwriter and the rapper. And it wasn't always pretty. And it, and it still isn't always pretty. Sometimes I'll be in the studio and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> that's not it. Yeah. You know, but 
most of the time I'm like, like I, you find your pocket as you get experience. So you are, you're like, yeah, okay. I know, I know what I'm here for. So that's all I need to know. Whatever comes through that is, is just, that's, that's just the part of me that's meant to come through. It's more of a channeling than it is like a, like a, a logical process, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you reminded me of something funny though. Cause I remember when I was a kid, my, my dad was a big, you know, he liked a lot of different brands of music or genres of music. But he had uh, like Grandmaster Flash and a lot of that stuff. And there's that song, White Lines. I don't know if you're familiar with it. White Lines. Mm. Can you sing it? <laughs> Man, I'm going to butcher this. But it's, you know, White Lines. And then like a deeper voice kind of like has some ad libs to it. Flowing mm -hmm. through my mind. That one. You know, and... Okay. But basically, it's a song about cocaine. And, you know, mm. as I was like, I was probably super young, probably like six, seven years old. And I remember, you know, it would get played around in the house a lot. And I remember like singing that around like another family member. And they're like, whoa, like, why are you singing that? And I was like, because it's catchy, you know, like as yeah. a kid, you're just like, this is super catchy. And then I got older and I remember listening to it again. Like when I was 16, I was like, oh, shit, this is about drugs. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that the whole time. <laughs> So it was, you know, it's like, it reminded me of that moment. And we do have like those moments as kids where you're like, this is catchy. And then you like hear the lyrics again later and you're like, oh, okay. That's why it was different. catchy. That's why they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, crazy times. So Thank you. culturally, like what was some of the bigger shocks or adjustments that you had to make living in Toronto, different country, different part of the world? Man, that's a good question. Hmm. I got to think about this one. Usually I'm pretty quick. You got me on this one. Um, I think really just not trying to be like, I feel like in high school, there, there was always like everyone was trying so hard to be like, and, and I don't think the new generation has this experience as much as we did because of when we grew up. Uh, I, I know high school is still not easy for a lot of kids, but like I'll say like for me, high school wasn't wasn't easy at all. You know, like one minute you're one person and the next minute, uh, you know, there's a rumor going around and you're all of a sudden a whole different person. And it's like, damn, like your whole like that was like the first real taste of me experiencing just like what it would be like to be an artist. It was like high school is the perfect example. It's like telephone. You know what I mean? So I think I think growing up, it was really like it was coming into my own and just realizing, you know, like who I was as a person. So when I moved to Toronto, I allowed myself to have those experiences. Like I, I was like, fuck it. Like there's no way I'm going to I'm going to uh, have the same experiences that I've had in my life. And I wanted to shift that. So like I would go to the club alone, like solo in Toronto in the city and just make friends. And then like, you know, like have a good time with people and like it's, it's shit that most people wouldn't do. But it was it was powerful for me because it was like, yo, this is like this is the world. And I want to be I want to be like in like I want to be associated with the world and, and get to know people and understand people a lot better than than just like from my own closed minded perspective. You know what I mean? And so I really just opening myself up to different things and some of it wasn't good. Some of it was good, you know, but, but being able to allow myself to have those experiences and then choose from there, what was good for me. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. I think traveling is important, right? Like sometimes we feel like we're in this bubble and like you said, we're just narrow minded a little bit sometimes because we never leave, you know, some people never leave orange County or some people That's never right. leave Southern California, the hustle and bustle, like, you know, always trying to like, you know, catch the new wave or, you know, just never really trying to experience different things. But I feel like, you know, and mm. it sucks that sometimes travel is, 
you know, you need money or you need opportunities to do travel like that. But it's good to travel and experience different cultures, even if it's like the next state over, you know, you're going to see a different life in a different world than you do here in Orange County. And that brings a new perspective. Right. And you can come back a different person. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, man. So after you're doing the DJ thing, you're doing the music thing. But when does the spirituality, right? Because that's something that's always, I guess, drawn me to you as far as like in how you present your music, but also your Instagram feed and stuff of the stuff you do now. But when did the your spiritual journey really kind of kick into place? Thank you, man. Um, yeah, that that kicked into place uh, around, I'd say, like 2008. So like when I turned 18. Because I, I was born in 1990. It's really cool because I'm easy. Like, I can count the decades really simply. You know what I mean? On that date. Uh, so 2000, yeah, I was 18. And um, I, I watched The Secret, uh, that, that movie about the law of attraction. And something in me already knew that that was true. Um, and I just, I couldn't explain it, right? So, like, I became obsessed as I grew up. Like, when I wasn't making music, like I was looking at shit like, you know, all these self-development videos and all these spiritual like Abraham Hicks and like researching all these different um, spiritual, I guess, uh, philosophies. And it got to a point where I'm like, yo, like this isn't the real world out here. Like that's the real world, you know? And I, and I came to realize like, oh damn, this is like, it's cool. Third eye awakening, like all sorts of shit. And yeah, it started in, in 2008, man. And it's been like a nonstop journey for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's infinite. Yeah, this might be a loaded question. But what do you think about our current society that kind of turns people away from being more spiritually in tune with them themselves? I think we're still learning through it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that system is what it is and was what it was but i see people awakening every day in in my reality you know um and i say that because i think everyone's perspective is a reality right so um in in my reality i i see people waking up i see people actually having you know insight or hearing insight they may not comment they may not like it but they they caught something and they know it they felt it and that's all that mattered so I see that happening all the time, even even with people like Gary Vee, who's yeah. talking about empathy. Tell me, tell me any any um, CEO that you've heard talk about empathy. You know what I mean? Like that's something that's that's new age. It's very new age. And he does it. He does. I don't think he knows that he's even doing it. He's just yeah. he's, people wake up because they they follow their hearts. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. It doesn't look at it doesn't need to look like a. Like I see a lot of people in, in the spiritual communities even just completely playing out and it might be what resonates to them. So there's no judgment. And I've even done this too at times, right? Where I go to like, let's say like a medicine ceremony and I come back and I'm feeling very holy and I'm like, oh man, less clothes and more free flowy and all that stuff. And it's all a part of it. And, there, and I have so much reverence for that, but it's not what spirituality is. What spirituality to me, in my opinion, really is is uh, going within your heart, exploring your depths, the good and the bad, coming out and realizing that you're neither of those and that you just are this divine power um, and that you are a creator of your life and that you can shift whichever things that you do or don't like in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we're here to just express ourselves as creator. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think um, I think it, no matter what it looks like, some people might not take it in a certain medium, but they'll take it in another medium. 
like you see this backdrop like most people they're like what the fuck is going on over here like, <laughs> this is just all the parts of me right here you got the yeah the balance thing you got some plants some books a fucking keyboard and then yeah. that's that like you can't see it but on this side of the wall my whole wall is the same thing as that and mm. you know it's just it's just things that i like you know yeah and, then, and that's what yeah Oh, I was just going to say, and, and, it, and it might not resonate with some people who are used to like, you know, the more Native American approach or like maybe even the more Indian and Hinduism approach or the Buddhist approach where it's more, you know, there's there's just more Zen figurines and things like that. And I have that, but it's just it's not like I'm very I'm very meticulous about why I do it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, because everyone, like you said, we're all creators. And that's a big thing I emphasize, like with the kids that I work with is a lot of times, you know, I'll ask them to do something simple, like, I don't know, just like writing prompts or different things, ask them to draw something. And they're like, oh, like, I'm not creative. Like, I don't have any, I'm not artsy. And it's like, no, like, the, like the way you dress, the way you dress today is art. Like if they have, right. if they have something on their backpack, whether it's, you know, a sticker, a pen, or they wrote their name on the backpack, the way you wrote that name is a piece of art. The way you design your room or your living space is a piece of art. And it's, you know, your vision at the end of the day. And maybe, some kids have some of that suppressed and, you know, just trying to unlock that. Cause like you said, I, I feel like sometimes people, and I don't know if it's a school system, a combination of different societal pressures, but we, mm. we lose the lack of creativity or want to create. And now we kind of just, I think a lot of people of our generation were more curious about spirituality when we get to this age or older, because now we're kind of stuck. We're finding that these things that, are supposed to bring us happiness that have always told us that we're going to bring happiness don't really bring us happiness and we're searching for more <sighs> nailed it <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. facts bro we're, we're always searching outside of ourselves it, it, when when really it's just it's inner like the whole the whole journey is inner and, and our world tends to like like I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper with this just because you kind of opened the doors there for me like when we when we when we do that inner work and we do that, like really, like we're so afraid of that. Like, I'll be real. Like how many people are like so afraid of that shit that they're just like, they'll write it off as like being whack. Like yeah. they'll just immediately go to the, yo, that's whack. Or like, that's, that's gay nigga. Like whatever, right. Whatever they, they say. I don't, I don't, I know that's not PC or whatever. I'm not, I'm not even saying that it is, but um, that's the point, right? The fact that we're, we're so, we're so insensitive to ourselves that we're insensitive to others. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the fucking like i'll just leave it there mm -hmm. yeah you know? and I, I think at least me personally like it probably took till i was like 24 25 to kind of realize to do more stuff for myself because I, I was always a people pleaser and so yeah when you kind of get in that mentality you're always like just constantly like saying yes to a lot of things saying yes to helping out a lot of people but then you kind of suppress your own feelings and I think around 24, I had just a lot of bottled up stuff and I found myself like acting different and blowing up on people I didn't like want to blow up on. And, you know, I think that was like kind of the the start of like my like spiritual journey or, you know, however you want to you know word it. Right. Personal but, journey, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, but like 24 was my boiling point. I think I heard about it in either an interview or read somewhere that you had your spiritual awakening in 2018, I believe. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, so I, I'd say like, I had, I've had two spiritual awakenings. I'd say one was like the, the best way that I've heard it put is like the first spiritual awakening is like up and out. So it's like this, Oh my God, this world exists type thing. And then the second one is down and in and the down and in one is the shit that 
will open up your mind, but they're both very important and they're both meant to be used together. Um, so yeah, eight, 2008 was like the up and out I'd say. And then down and in was yeah, eight, 2018. And what I did was I went to this transformational, um, it was, is a thing in LA called MITT and it's the mastery and transformational training. And this is like a really, really incredible, incredible ego busting work that, that will set your shit on fire. It'll, it'll completely change your life. I'm not going to lie. Uh, depending on how open you are to it too, right? Like I had a relationship where my partner uh, went to it and it just wasn't for her and she didn't have the same experience as me. And that's cool too, right? Like everyone has their own, their own um, experiences. So for me, it was like, it was just like my heart space opened up. Like we're sitting in, in a room for 12 hours straight and I, and I did sign a like liability or a, a confidentiality waiver with this. So I can't say too much, but I will say this. You're in a room with, let's say about, Hmm, 200 people and and you're doing different exercises uh one of them being like looking at them in the eyes for like a minute strangers mm -hmm. strangers right so you're already you're already uncomfortable <laughs> right? right and then it comes down to like looking at yourself and and it, uh like if you're even late the, they'll they'll stand you up and be like well why were you late and then you'll give them an excuse and they'll be like no what's the real reason like what were you hiding from and some people will get super like, no, nah, man, I just didn't want to pay fucking parking. Like, you know, like, so I had to circle a little bit. And they're like, no, there's another reason why you're not. You paid for this course. You're here to change your life and you relate to it. Why were you late to changing your life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Damn, that's deep. Yeah. You feel me? Like, yeah. like that's real accountability. And that's, that's the level that I regard myself at is that always. And that, that's what that helped me do. And, and some days I'm better at it than others. Some days I'm in, in, like insane at it. And it's just like, who the fuck am I type shit? Like, that's dope. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm proud of it, you know, but um, and, and the goal for me is just to be more of that. So it's like, you know, um, but dude, yeah, that that MITT, if you guys ever get a chance, I think um, when when things open back up and you want to have that experience, five days, 12 hour days, you're getting to know complete strangers, you're getting to know yourself. And you're you're um, you're expanding your self awareness, not only your self awareness, but your accountability, which I believe most people run from, just out of habit, not like they want to, but out mm -hmm. of habit. Damn. All right, that's definitely something I'm intrigued by. That, what do you say? M I T T, right? M I T T. Yeah. All right. I'll put the probably. Well, do they have like a link or anything to kind of? Uh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they okay. do. All right, I can throw that in the bio or the description. And then just say, just make sure you say Zamir sent you. Cause they're going to ask you who referred you just say Zamir. Okay. All right. Speaking of Zamir, I know you go by, as far as your music, you go by MBL Zamir. Yeah. How did the MBL Zamir kind of come into play? So this is cool, man. Um, I actually went by Zami before any of this MBL stuff. So I was Zami, Z-A-M-I and I operated for about eight years under that name. So my biggest part of my journey was Zami. Uh, MBL happened after I had my my more personal awakening. Now, I, I do want to say, so MIT, like when I did MITT, it wasn't just that course that gave me that experience. It was also all the accumulation of what I was doing on my own, right? That, that really contributed to it. Um, because I know people who went to it and lost the learning of it. But like, for some reason, everything really aligned with what I was teaching, what I was being taught from them and what I was teaching myself and everything. And it just exploded into this big, like, oh my God, I am like, 
I am God, like this, this crazy realization, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even that gets toned down and you become like have some humility about it. I, I obviously understand, right? Um, but so that's that's really where MBL came from was like Mr. Nothing But Love because I believe God is love. And so it's like just expressing myself as God in every moment, whether it's God to myself or God to others. Uh, and and even the 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 connotation of the uh, or how we kind of connotate the word God, some people might have like a negative pull with that. So like I just say creator to me, um, I had a I had a negative pull with the word God for years, and it only it was only cleared up for me like within the last year I'd say. Uh, and I, until then I was using the word source creator. Um, you know, I was, I didn't like saying Allah, I'm Muslim or I was mm-hmm. raised Muslim. Um, and I didn't like saying that because, you know, nine 11 happened and it was whack to be Muslim and people, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there was a lot of things that, that made that bad. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, man, I just, at, at the end of the day, it really doesn't fucking matter. We all know what that is. Mm-hmm. And we all feel it, you know, whatever that is. Um, and so, like, what? Where was I? Where was I going with this? What was the question again? When did I'm trying? I'm MBL's trying to Zemir. Too. Yeah, MBL. MBL's yeah, no, I know. Th- sometimes I go. Uh, MBL Zamir. So yeah, I, I wanted to embrace my real name, Zamir. After I came back, I'm like the Zami character. Parties a lot. He does a lot of drugs. You know, he does a lot of things that aren't aligned with the highest version of himself. And if I want to really shift who I am, I want to embrace who I am. So I went with the MBL Zamir and the Nothing But Love was like this homage to just like discovering myself as being the, like, uh, the creator of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, I still, I still like MBL Zamir as, as my artist name. That's still my artist name. Um, but I'm shifting more with the coaching stuff that I'm doing, which I, uh, I think we can talk about in a bit here. Um, yeah. Was like... Yeah, just Zamir Kurji. But either way, even if even if people want to call me Emil Zamir, I don't give a fuck what you call me. Like right. to be real, it's more so like, yo, you're addressing me. I know you're addressing me. I get it. But mm-hmm. it's more of a personal, like my expression. So, mm-hmm. And it stands out. Yeah, I was gonna say it stands out too because I think a lot of times in, especially like the rap genre, we have like Lils or you know Big or you know mm. there's like the YBN. Uh, I believe there's a few other ones that I'm kind of drawing a blank on right at the moment. But you know, yeah. there's there are always like a little attachments to the name and to the names. Yeah, it does yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you got to know what game you're playing, right? Like right. at the end of the day, so that that's a big part of it too. Because like like I talked about earlier, where it's like you know people might not take this message in the in the in a different medium, but like they give you give me an opportunity to talk with someone like you and really open up. And let the music be with the music. The music drew you in, but hopefully this will keep you. And not even not even that I want to keep anyone's attention. Like if you fuck with this, you fuck with this. Right. If you don't, I appreciate like just just the opportunity to go ahead and explain my viewpoint and we can, you know, go on from here. Like keep listening to the music. If that's all you fuck with, cool. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. And going back to the religion thing too, very similarly around that time, like I said, 24 years old, I, I kind of got tired of the depiction of, of God or like the... Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up Catholic and I think someone, you know, if you don't like the, the word God, you know, someone suggested higher power. And I think I've been okay. kind of rolling with that. And so like, it kind of goes with creator or, you know, you can even say like universe or yeah. powers, powers that be. I've heard people even say that. So, right. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, God, because I know God. Yeah. I feel like that word is, is super dogma. It's a super dogmatized word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think you mentioned earlier, too, about going to the MITT convention. Is that what you call it, right? Convention? Uh, it's kind of like a... I don't know what to call it, man. It's almost like a live... It's like an experience. Okay. So yeah. the, exp the experience, but not everyone... You know, people will go and then you know, return back to their normal lives and it doesn't really stick with them the same way. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important you said that because it, it shows that like things like this require work. And, mm. you know, I think you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier too, like you can have really good days and you can have really bad days. So you like progress doesn't look like a, you know, a slow incline. Like there'll be, you know, good days and then you go down, up, down, kind of like, you know, a stock or whatever else you can kind of picture just going up and down and it's a flow. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, if you're higher than where you're at or where your starting point was, you know, that's the ultimate You've goal. Increased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think it. a lot of people don't understand sometimes things like this or wherever they want to get into, whether it's a career, school, other goals, they don't realize it takes work and that, you know, progress isn't always a straight line up, you know? Bro, like if you would have asked me just two years ago when I was doing stuff with the Orange Collective, like, yeah, public speaking and doing the things that I'm doing now is what I wanted to do. But like, it wasn't even like, I couldn't even imagine what it looked like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that says a lot about like, if you can't imagine it, even it's not in your near future. Once you can imagine it, it's in your near future. But COVID kind of made me learn how to imagine that shit, <laughs> you know, so. All right. Well, speak. Well, speaking of COVID, how did when the pandemic hit in March last year in 2020, how did that really affect your life and the, some of the things that you wanted to do that year? Mm. I mean, I had to shut down my studio. Uh, I had a studio in Santa Ana. Mm -hmm. I had to shut that down. Um, and we, I was, I was partnered with my boy DJ Journey and Wim was there as well. And he was, uh, we shared that studio. Same with Fully. It was kind of like the Orange Collective home slash my home base slash um, uh, Trip Digital Radio and all that. So it was, it was cool, man. Uh, but we, we shut that down as soon as COVID hit because it was obviously like people weren't going to come in and spit on the same microphone and share that, you know, like people wanted to, I didn't want that shit. Cause I don't want to be responsible for anyone's life. Yeah. Like on that level, or at least do my part to not like spread it. Right. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Um, and we can get into that whole conspiracy about what COVID <laughs> even is if you want to, but I, I'm going to stay away from that for now. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was like realizing, well, shit, I'm at home right now. I've got all my studio equipment. I'm releasing this album, uh, the love album, um, language of varying emotions. And, and my, my relationship is ending during that time. And I'm like this relationship that I was in and I'm like, man, like what the fuck is happening to the world right now? Like really, really what's happening. And, and I was scared like in all i think a lot of us were scared i was i was definitely scared because like no matter all the preparation that i did for my self-development was not applicable right now mm -hmm. it's like it was it was it was applicable to deal with the emotion of fear but it wasn't applicable to like be prepared to like what do i do with this like what 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 part do i play right um you could continue to do your music but i feel like right now that's super like not like people don't care about what your music is right now. They're, they're trying to pay their bills and they're trying to like not get sick and their grandmother is dying. And mm -hmm. the world is just, we're, we're, there's like, there's like a heaviness about it and it was tangible. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, well, what I have to do is 
I, I signed up to be um, certified in the coaching work that I'm doing right now, probably about six months to COVID hitting or mm-hmm. the, maybe four, four to five months to COVID hitting. But I, I signed up for the work, 10 racks, mm-hmm. right? Did not study it for four months. Oh. And so when COVID hit, I'm like, like, I did study it, but I was on and off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it was more of like a hype up than an actuality of it. <laughs> yeah. And so like when COVID hit, it was the perfect opportunity for me. Okay. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this. Like I got, I've got some money saved up. I'm going to move out. Uh, it was about six months. Like I was living at my parents' house. So it was like, I was like about somewhere in August, I moved out and I'm like, I'm just going to move out. I'm going to work on the coaching biz. Um, I, I've got some money saved up and I'm just going to go ahead and do this thing. Like, like I'm really going to, I'm really going to impact some lives because that's what needs to be done right now. And and that came through a lot of like introspection and a lot of like me just like sitting in meditation really. And, uh, and a lot of people wonder like, what does that even look like? Like what the fuck is meditate? Like sitting in meditation, how does that even, yeah. how do you have realizations? Right. For me, the way that it shows up is like, I'll sit there, I'll try to quiet my mind, I'll get into my heart space, and I'll just sit there in emptiness, uh, as, as much emptiness as I can. And every time I realize that there's a thought or an emotion or whatever, I'll get deeper, I'll, I'll allow myself to just allow it to surface, surface, surface. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's, it's, it's peaceful, sometimes it's sad, sometimes it's happy, it doesn't matter really, right? But at the end of it, there's always some sort of like a, just a natural flow of peace and it's just a natural flow of life really and you realize the the, like you're one with the energy that is actually allowing all of those emotions to even happen to yourself beyond your mind beyond your heart beyond your your um you know your perception of your senses your taste touch hearing eyes all that Mm -hmm. and that that part of yourself comes out and you just this it's hard to say, man, but there's just this knowing that like, yo, we're all connected. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with that piece of information? Mm. Like, you know, like, what are you going to do with that though? Right? Like we all know it, we say it, but like, what the fuck are we doing? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like during that time, it was the perfect time for me to like, yo, the world is suffering. I'm suffering just a little bit less than everyone else right now, but I'm still suffering. So it's time for me to take care of myself so I'm not suffering so I can overflow whatever, um, you know, from the cup, like let my cup run it over or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it came it came to a point where it was like just deep introspection from like my breakup point, which was like probably where I really realized like, shit, I just need to like live for me right now, but also within mind that this is going to better the world at some point so like yeah. up until august and then i got into that and i'm like all right cool let me just study this work let me really put my heart into it and let me just there's nothing more important than this right now to me and mm-hmm. and, and i stuck with it and most people uh would say i'm crazy for for you know shifting from 10 years of doing music and and having all this success with the collective and all that and like all that stuff's moving we're being noticed people are recognizing us and a lot of people would be like, yo, what's this dude like really thinking? And I can't I can't explain it in any other way other than it's an inner calling and it's it's just what my heart, you know, wants for the world. So mm-hmm. and that's something that's super I think a lot of people suppress that feeling though. Like they'll have inner callings and they don't really let them grow. And so that's something, you know, mm-hmm. just you telling that, like that's really inspirational. And I'll share something similar, you know, during Thank the you, pandemic. Man. It, you know, I think you know, like everything, it has its highs and its lows. But I think when I, I really hit a low this past summer, kind of around the same time, like you said, August, I think I realized like, you know, 
before that August, I didn't think about, I, I worked with kids, but it was always like an after school teacher's aide or like a athletic coach kind of setting, you know? Mm. And basically around that time, September, I started having these ideas of just like being a teacher, you know? And like now, especially because of, you know, doing education online and they're learning kind of like this, you know, Zoom and mm-hmm. a teacher, but you know, the teachers aren't super passionate about it. And I just, I guess it kind of made me feel like, all right, well, you know what? Like, I kind of had this awakening where like I should become a teacher, you know, and, and starting to tell people that made me like really like kind of get on board with it. And like, mm-hmm. obviously it's more of like a three to four year plan. Like I'm not going to you know wake up tomorrow and be a teacher. It's obviously something you need to do some steps for, but it's something that I didn't really see myself doing before this pandemic hit, but you know, over the trials and tribulations and while I'm not super consistent with meditating and I'm trying to be uh, yoga is really helpful for me. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of meditative aspects to yoga. And just- Absolutely. So if you if you go to true yoga, actually, it's interesting. Um, true yoga or authentic yoga from from um, like Vedic times and, and yogic like periods in, in India are like really they from what I understand and take this with a grain of salt. Uh, when you meditate and you're just sitting there, a lot of these yogis were just meditating and sitting there. And they realized, well, we can't sustain this. Our bodies are not benefiting from it. So the, all they did was move the mindfulness into motion with it. And it, they're still having the same when, when you're really, really attached to your yogic practice and you're really in mindfulness and you're, and you're doing it that way. There is there is definitely a meditative state that's probably even more powerful than just sitting in meditation. So, yeah, and it's, you know, there's a lot of like words of affirmation, stuff like that, that kind of tie all into the practices. And so yeah that's really helped me and i feel like that personal growth or you said like that spiritual growth that's something that's really helped me and you know it's it's uh it's something i I hope to pass on but not everyone's always willing to hear it but you know every time i can get the chance to i definitely try to recommend you know different ways to incorporate yoga or meditation in in people's lives because it definitely helped me and when you learn something like that it's like something you want to pass on you know yeah yeah to to that actually i was just gonna say like when, when, like it used to discourage me actually a lot, like when people wouldn't get what I'm talking about and it would discourage me. And I'd be like, well, am I like, am I the weird one? You know what I mean? Like, is, you know what I mean? Like that comes up and you're just like, is this weird? Like what I was going to say to you is, man, don't worry about like those people who, who just don't get it yet. Um, it's, it may not be on their path for them to get it. You know what I mean? And it just may be like what I've, I think the biggest thing that I've learned being on this path is like, we can't force people to do anything and people who resonate are going to resonate. The ones who don't are, are, you know, it's not meant for them. It's not even like they're less or more. It's just a different path. And they they have like, I really trust. I'm about to sneeze. Hold up. No, I'm good. Uh, they really have, they like, they really do have different paths. And I, and I think that we all have like a higher version of ourselves that's guiding us through this life. And so I really, really trust deeply inside that like, if they don't get it from me, oh, it's coming now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, if they don't get it from me or from you or from the next person, they're going to get it from someone who, who, who they resonate with. So it's like, if, if we stop looking at the self-importance of like, yo, I'm the teacher, or I'm the, I'm the, you know, like, like I, I get that. I, I had that whole journey where it was like, no, like this is the way I know because I feel so good. Like, I know you need to feel this, you know, and there's that tension, there's like that neediness of wanting people to, to awaken. And it's much, much easier if we just like take our path, let those who, who resonate with our words come with it. And if they, if they don't resonate, you know, 
come from a genuine place of understanding, like in the bigger picture of it all, they got their own guidance and they're going to be cool. Like trust the universe to that extent, trust creator to that extent, that it's all, it's all good. It's just, we're, we're just playing our parts. Okay. So going back to the coaching thing, you mentioned that you were able to finish it up last year. Yeah. How, like, how did that start and how were you able to get in with, um, what is that quantum boost? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so quantum boost is my company and, um, I learned my modality from Chris Duncan, uh, who's an extremely, extremely accomplished, uh, person of his field, uh, studying the subconscious mind and change processes and transformation. He actually worked with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, who's massive on on um, Instagram and YouTube and all that. And they, they teach about like, you know, the quantum model and how the law of attraction actually works and how you can how it is a very uh, powerful inner journey to go ahead and, and, and leverage those those powers of the universe. Um, but then also, you know, the work that he here, I actually got some names here that he's worked with. Cause I, I keep this all in front of me usually. Okay. No, I don't, but call it, call it strikers. One of them. Um, uh, there's so many, man. There's like a sheet that he gives us with all the names of people that he studied. Um, but he was in a documentary. My coach was in a documentary with Tony Robbins and the Dalai Lama and all that. And he's, he's really like, really just an incredibly smart, smart, intelligent dude, because what he was able to do was take like, Medi- like hermetic principles of like meditation and things like that and couple them with um you know success structures so creating success in your life and what does it take to do that like i got my my daily planner right here in front of me right mm, yeah and, and like all like this this specific structure oh yeah here's the here's the names <laughs> right here greg braden bruce lipton norman doge nasim harameen joe dispenza gary keller like all these people who are like really uh, all pointing towards the same thing in their work mm-hmm. of, of quantum, the quantum model of life rather than the Newtonian model. And uh, we can get into that if you want to, but I feel like that's like not for this, uh, <laughs> but uh, all that shit. And so it, it's really cool because what, what it, what it means to me is like, it's allowed me to, to discover the, the world of like, being the creator of your life rather than allowing life to happen to you and reacting to it happening. Like you, you get what I'm saying? Like even in that moment right there, mm-hmm. sometimes we forget what we're saying, right? Like you could tell, I forgot what I was saying. Right. Uh-huh. And then I continued <laughs> what I was saying. I could have, I could have reacted to me forgetting what I was saying, but I let go. I unclutched. And I just, I was like, no, I'm the creator of my life. I'm going to finish the sentence. Nice. And it's, it's literally that, you know what I mean? It's that, it's yeah. that subtle. And, and it, the more that we tap into that, the more that we consciously do that in our lives, the more that life just starts to unfold. And uh, so that was just a cool example, but <laughs> yeah, man, so, so that's what quantum boost is. It's just teaching people how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny too, that reminds me of like sports, like the biggest thing, the coaches that I had, at least at the upper levels, they always told me the less you think about in the sport, like the more obviously you have to practice and you, you do have to practice certain skills and everything. But like when you think about a sport in the competition, chances are you're going to mess up because you're not letting your instincts take over. But it kind of reminded me of like, just, you know, you talking and like kind of trusting that like, as soon as you let go and not like press about it, that's just going to come naturally. And it's always, I was reading a book the other day and I finished it, but it was talking about how like sometimes we have, you know, we have to make a big decision and we stress about this decision and it could be work related, relationship related, whatever related. Mm. but as soon as we kind of like take a step back 
not even think about it at the most random time, like all of a sudden we'll have like the decision or the, you know, what we feel like is right for that decision. And it kind of comes at those times where, like you said, you let go and you just got to trust, you know, whether it's a higher power or just, you know, yourself, your instincts, they're going to take over and kind of give you that guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. It, it also works for your interactions with others, right? Like trusting that the people like, I know, I know for a long time, uh, I've been, I've been, um, I feel like I, I was scarred by one particular business relationship that I was in and uh, it was my first recording studio. And like, I let, I carried that with me for, for a couple of years after it happened, probably 2012 to like 2015, 16. And it was like a part of my, my life story that I clutched onto. And so everyone who I'd approach about business, I'd bring that, that experience into, into the, the business or into the, the like energetically, I would bring that with me that, that kind of like, I'm, I'm being cautious because I don't know what your intentions are. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you enter with that, you start attracting people that are just like that. So the second that we enter with that kind of scope of, of seeing things, we, we actually create that for ourselves. And so just learning to unclutch and learning to like, just, just chill, like yeah. trust, <laughs> trust, trust the universe got you. Like we live mm-hmm. in a, we, we live in a really beautiful, abundant universe. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. So. And, and like you said too, you attract the energy that you give off. I think that's a big thing too. I've learned Thanks. in this past year is like, you know, as soon as you start switching up your own energy, people that you want to attract eventually will follow, but it takes, it starts with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. And then on Instagram too, I've noticed too, that in, in the recent months that you've started giving these informational videos, whether it's talking about, you know, your, what was it? Um, just different ideas and ideologies about what you're coaching. When did that kind of start and where did you get the inspiration for that? So I've been running the coaching business on Insta or on uh, Facebook. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I got this audience over here on Instagram. I could just assume that no one's going to be into it. Or I could just start posting my life and just like, let people deal with it. You know, like, I think there was a part of me that was afraid of how people would react to me shifting. And it's like, What's what's the point of living in fear when it is who you are? So what you're saying, what I, what I, this is the conversation I have with myself. What you're saying is that you're choosing to be this whole new version of yourself, but only behind closed doors. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like I don't care what anyone thinks, right? Like in a sense that like I, I care about people and I care about them, but I care also more about the truth because I know where I'm coming from. Like I trust in that. It's easier for me to go ahead and do this the way that I'm doing it right now. And so giving those giving those conversation pieces on Instagram is really just me speaking me. And and whenever I come out of either a meditation or I'm running and I get inspired or I made some music and I just got inspired with an idea, I'm going to share it because who knows who else is also already on that page and just needs that extra just that extra push from someone maybe that they do know or don't know, you know, or like they're tired of getting it from the same medium. They just need to hear it in a different way from someone else completely different. And it's like, you could be that completely different person that someone else needs. Mm-hmm. And, and like just that trust in, in myself and my process. And it's allowing me to also step forward more as a coach, because I, like as a coach, you, you step into it. Like, I'll be real. Every, this is something with every single coach that I've met, you have something called imposter syndrome. You're like, what qualifies me to have these conversations? What qualifies me to say that I'm a leader and that I could teach these people? And what it comes down to is I'm not, I don't look at myself as a leader. I look at myself as a leader of myself and I prioritize that leading of self. That way I can, I can authentically come from a place of being able to share that with other people. 
And if they resonate with it, great. If they don't, great too, because I'm only one person. But I know that there are people out there who do resonate with the way that I put it. And so, I, you know, that's just really what it is for me. It's just being real with who I am and, and how um, I'm inspired to deliver the message and, and owning that, right? Like we got to own us. We got to own who we are really in order for other people to really catch on to what you're doing. I think there's no bigger show of, of uh, confidence than owning exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's teaching the body, right? Yeah. Teaching your body to get comfortable with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a big part of being, who you are, comfortable who you are, I think comes down to your values. And I think that's something you mentioned too, on like one of those informational videos, which is, it's all kind of ringing a bell now because you watched this stuff, you know, a little bit while ago and then it comes back to you in spurts. But uh, what are some of the, I guess, your core values that really kind of drive you to do the things you do and carry the way you carry yourself? I live by a saying that goes, yesterday's floor is today's ceiling. Or no, yesterday's, Today's floor is yesterday's ceiling. And, and for me, that pushes me to be whatever that means to you is going to be different than what it is to me. Right. So for me, I plug in my values to that saying. So yesterday's or today's floor is yesterday's ceiling. So today when I wake up and my values have been for the last week or for the last year, my values have been uh, integrity and uh, being a man of my word, being impeccable with my word. I really like the book, The Four Agreements. It outlines it perfectly. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personally. personally. Uh, be a man of your word or be a person of your word. And the uh, fourth agreement is somewhere. I got it hanging somewhere. But um, so, so like all of these things are like really, really powerful uh, values to have. Because like if you if you actually... Like, think about the people that, this is what I did. I, I thought about the people that I respect. And then I'm like, I, I started basing it off of that. And then I went to like, okay, now what do I, now how do I see myself in that, right? Because it's one thing to see them and then have this imaginary version of yourself as them. But even that's an illusion. So like, you come closer to you, come closer to you. Well, what do you really feel? What And like, the closer that I got to me, uh, I just found out like love is what I stand for. Love is literally my my core value where it's like being love. And, and that might mean different things to different people. But in my experience, it's like love doesn't have a bias. It's not uh, it's not like if we are the creator, right? If we are, if you think of the creator, it, he allows, he, she allows um, whatever, right? Allows good people to live, bad people to live, murderers, mm-hmm. rapists serial killers, all of that, they live, right? It's just an expression of life. We connotate whether that's good or bad. And I'm not saying that it's not damaging or helpful to society, right? Like people like Mahatma Gandhi were helpful to society. People like fucking, I don't know, name Jeffrey Dahmer were probably not. Right. right. Like they weren't helpful to society. And, and that's like on the on a on a grander level, like we can look at it like that. Um, and so I just looked at like, well, what within that scope? Right. Like if I am pure potentiality and love is my value, like what am I going to nurture in my life? Because if everything can grow, anything that I put my attention on can grow. What do I want to focus on? So that's another one of my values is focus, mm-hmm. like focus being free flowing and, and really like having that integrity are probably my top three, like being really integral. And then to me, integrity is just being your word and being like doing what you say you're going to do, not only in front of people, not to people, but to yourself. Mm. 
you know mm-hmm. and i like that love is like the the umbrella for all that because yeah. i feel like right now in a world too with everything that's been going on like you said this past year and it's always been around but i just think like things have been amplified it feels like there's a lot of hate at times and oh, a lot yeah. of people a lot of people who are neutral or maybe even like more on the loving side i feel like have transferred over to the hate side and now it's like hate the opposition for this stance and hate the opposition for that stance and They're people anti. don't want to people don't want to hear each other out anymore we're kind of closing ourselves off to different ideas and different you know just different ways of living and, and sure like you said there has to be a balance between gandhi or would you say Dahmer or Dahmer you know, or whatever. yeah and, and you can put any bad person or good person yeah uh, in, in history kind of in that example Martin but King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly and, and but i think right now like there's a lot of hate so how do you i guess kind of still carry yourself and not let your let the outside world and outside influences kind of affect your you know core values i the best version of myself i'm not i'm going to say um realizes that none of it none of it matters mm-hmm. like it's all it's all interpretation and that everyone is, is allowed to have their own interpretation. It's not for me to go ahead and change their mind. Um, and I, I don't own the world's problems. That's one of the things that I've realized. I don't own the world's problems. I choose to help people. I choose to work with people. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so having that realization and saying like, I get to versus I have to, and just relaxing about it. Um, that's part of, that's part of one of the qualities that I believe love is because love isn't clingy. It's like, again, like love is just, it just is, it just, it allows, it just allows whatever to pass through to pass through. And so the more and more that I've made my value love and the more and more that I stick to that and the more and more that I practice that within myself, the less any of that even becomes relevant to my experience. Nice. So in the year of 2021, still January, the date we're recording this, but now how do you continue to just carry this reset, carry this message out between, you know, your smirk, your circle, the people that you coach, and just in your everyday life throughout this year? Um, let it emerge as it comes. Like, I, I feel like what I used to do a lot of was like over plan. And I've learned to just like, uh, like right now, my, my main goal is a hundred clients uh, coaching under my work. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's something that I, that I just really want for me. Right. Like, and I want for those who resonate with the work and who are ready to step into a better version of their life. And, and, I think one of the things that I want to I want to start actually making more clear is that like work like this is not for people who are going through something like that's not the that's not the whole point of this. Yes, it, it helps people who are going through something, but some people just want to level up their life. It doesn't mean that you're if you if you go looking for some kind of help or a life coach or something like that, it doesn't like there's this connotation that it's weak or it's you know, it's like, oh, that person needs help. And it's like, nah, bro, like that person is strong and they believe in themselves enough to say, and they realize like, oh, I can, I can fast track my way there. Mm-hmm. I Like, you get what I'm saying? Like I can fast track my way there. That's, that's the level of uh, genius I like to work with. And, and I think everyone's a genius in their own right. It's just, who's going to step up. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind getting into some of the specifics as far as what, you know, being, having you as a coach, what would that entail? Yeah. So um, that entails. So for me, I I have a a healing modality. So a big part of why the spirituality aspect is so relevant to my life coaching structure 
is that I, um, I get into a meditative state and I can actually read people's bodies. I can read their subconscious uh, field. So not mm-hmm. exactly what their subconscious is saying, but I can get into a state. I'm trained to get into a state, make certain commands to their superconscious, which is the level above your subconscious mind. It's what created your subconscious mind. Um, and it's your higher conscious level, right? So I can, I can have my superconscious get in touch. I make commands from my state, my meditative state to that superconscious and it's able to actually rearrange and instantly recode your subconscious mind so that the blocks that you might have let's say you grew up and your dad said money doesn't grow on trees money doesn't grow on trees you get older and you're like fuck i'm broke and you and you think that it's something that you're doing when really most of it is you might be doing all the right things but you have you have cognitive dissonance in your body and mind because you have a program running that's saying money doesn't grow on trees. It's hard to get. It's very, and that's just running in the background. You have no, it's subconscious. You're not conscious of it. And so it's impossible to clear that out uh, without either becoming aware of it through constant meditation and, and what I do, right? Constant meditation. But I do this so I can be a catalyst for change in others. Mm-hmm. So I take it a step further. I, I meditate three hours a day, two, two to three hours a day. And just to make sure that I can be a, an empty vessel to go ahead and allow that work to help other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so what it would look like is you get two weeks of success coaching, or sorry, two two uh, sessions per week of success coaching. And so I'll take your your year plus goals, right? And, and four different quadrants: we got family, fulfillment, uh, fitness, and finance. And all of those, those quadrants, we're going to, we're going to basically write down all of your goals, the best version that you could imagine of yourself. What would that look like? Right. And then we're going to go through and we'll, we'll outline, you know, what that would look like for you. Then we're going to break it down into 90 day actionable steps that you can take to get there. And then we're going to go to 30 day actionable steps that you can get to go there. Then seven, seven days. So weekly actionable steps. And then down to um, your daily actionable steps that you can take to get there. And all that's cool, right? But still, if you have that cognitive dissonance in your mind, you may have tried making lists before and you couldn't get there, right? You didn't have the accountability. You have these beliefs about yourself that like maybe it's hard to get there. That's where uh, the other half of my coaching comes in. And that's where I can actually, I, I do this in groups and I literally have testimonials of people like, holy shit, cleared like, 35 years of trauma from their life mm-hmm. that they were holding emotionally in their body. And uh, it's really cool. Actually, probably today or tomorrow, I'm dropping a video on what the subconscious mind is and why it's so important. Uh, but uh, it talks about like how the subconscious mind is actually your body. So I'm not just a coach. I'm, I'm a subconscious reprogramming uh, specialist. So, Man. And stuff like that, what I find cool about this platform and why I like to have different people like you on this show is to kind of expose these different ideas. I think a lot of times growing up, like I never, I never could have fathomed that like this could have been someone's career, this someone's profession. This is a, what people do and that they're passionate about. Like this all seems like almost like you would hear it in a movie. And I think right, right. like you're kind of you're putting it, you're, you're putting the logistics behind it, and you're actually doing it, and, and you're helping yeah. you know not only yourself but you're helping others too. And I just man, more power to you. That that was uh that was super dope, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. really what are what are some of the biggest difficulties with covid and limited interaction human you know face to face what are some of the bigger struggles as far as coaching via virtual programs and stuff like that i think it's even better for me because mm. now i can pack a class with 100 people who don't have to leave their home and i can still get the work done because um the quantum field doesn't know time and space the changes happen 
immediately right then and there on the session. I, it doesn't matter if I have one person in front of me on a video call or if I have 200 people in a, in a room and they've all made the decision to their super good. Like I have a structure that I make them go through so that they, whatever their true choices that they're asking for for that session, we go ahead and reprogram around that true choice for that individual. And I can do it all at once with 200 people, 500 people, 20 people, doesn't matter. And they will all see results. So it's really, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible work. Um, it's something that you have to try in order to really, you know, uh, really grasp the benefits of it. But it's, it's also something that not everyone, that's why this work is so niche. It's like something that not everyone's so open to. And if, and if, if you're more of like someone who just needs to like have that accountability coaching, I also offer that. So it's mm -hmm. like, I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. If people want one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's a lot more expensive. But um, like the masterclass, $39 a week, you're getting two sessions, um, an hour and a half, or an hour to an hour and a half long per session. And mm -hmm. so they're getting they're getting a lot more value um, working in the group format. And um, I don't know. I don't know, like if you know this, but like so energy when when we work in groups and things like that, it actually expands and it becomes more powerful, the more people that are actually uh, focused on it. So where focus goes, energy flows. Right. I'm sure you've heard that. Mm -hmm. um, so when you think about like uh, the power of a million people meditating on world peace and what that did for World War II, mm -hmm. that's actually something that happened that people don't that wasn't put in the media. That's how World War II or that that I won't say how it ended, but it's speculated that that was a huge driving factor as to why it ended, because there were people in all parts of the world in different parts of um, I, I want to say like Asia and, and all different parts of the world who had meditated on this one day and they, they, I, man, I wish I had more information right in front of me to share this with you, but it's incredible stuff. And, and it's just that focus and the energy of working in a group. It explodes the fucking potentiality just explodes and everyone gets lit up and you're just like, you leave there a different person every single time. Yeah. That's awesome, man. We, we could use some of that right now during the times that we're going through a little bit. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I guess you could say, you know, it's, you know, growing up, I had more of that religious space, but I know, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, like pray for this person, pray for that person. And I, you know, my father has his own struggles. He's battling some addiction, but I remember, you know, yeah. a couple of years ago, you know, when I first kind of asked and post, I don't really post stuff like that on social media and I kind of keep my private life private. And I think one time I had asked for, you know, like, Hey, can you just keep like my dad in your thoughts for a lot of people knew him? Cause he was very active as far as coaching me as kids and yeah. you know, hanging out, giving people rides. So like a lot of my high school friends, college friends even knew him. And, you know, sure enough, within a couple of days, like, you know, such and such happened after that. And it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like a lot of people just having those thoughts. And like you said, the energy, it can kind of create, you know, it changes shit, bro. Mm -hmm. it, and, and it's, it's, it's secrets that like, you know, we, we talk about like, secret societies and stuff like that and people like that's becoming less and less of a secret as life goes on i've realized and like people are way more open to that idea of like illuminati or whatever you want to call it right all yeah. that stuff um and and i i truly believe that these people are just leveraging laws of the universe they're not doing anything innately or on its own that's evil now some people might be using it to control the masses in certain ways or whatever um and and that's just you that you can't be controlled when you're awake right so right. once you become conscious of it you're fine and and the more and more that you actually make the changes that are necessary for you to not live within that construct um you know it's better for you but also to just not even think about that whole construct at all there's some wisdom in that and just understand like you know uh, us as people 
um, who focus on the things that are going to shift the world forward, that's where the power is. Like mm-hmm. being in the creative mode rather than the surviving mode um, is really powerful. So like just like that with your with the prayer thing, um, because you're focusing on on, you know, a positive outcome. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned the Illuminati. That's something too. like even um, people are more open to the idea of like third eye and kind of like awakening mm-hmm. that and it's something that you know because i was always really like a big history junkie you learned that like egypt and ancient egypt was like very in touch with that and then you know mm-hmm. even a lot of the ancient mayans and ancient aztec too so like a lot of these pre pre-western culture societies oh did i lose how they there you are okay now you're good um, but, you know, you just I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like there's a lot of connections across the world previously to, you know, Western society kind of what would you like colonizing different parts of the world. But, you know, the Mayans and Egyptians, even though they were miles and continents apart, they still had a lot of the similar beliefs, used stars to detect things. Exactly. Pyramids, you know, what I mean, the pyramids had you know different meanings for this and that. And there were all, like everything had meaning and it, they all like, you know, kind of had ties to the third eye and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Third eye is, is an incredible um, part of our human biology that that we all can tap into. And actually, bro, like we have never had more of an opportunity on Earth in in even before pre pre Egyptian Mayan times to tap into the consciousness levels that we have right now um, because of the Earth's vibration being so high currently. And, and it's only raising from here. Like we have more of an opportunity to meditate for less hours per day and attain enlightenment uh, than most monks did for a very long time. Like most monks have to, had to meditate for hours per day to attain just theta brainwave state, which we can now tap into just like that. Mm-hmm. When you so. say the earth vibrating more than it has in the past, what do you mean by that? Um, so it's the concept of spiritual ascension, the collective consciousness waking up as humans become more conscious of themselves and their behaviors, we raise the collective consciousness. So we raise the, 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 there's, so you could think of it like we have our own individual brains and then we have this one massive brain of what society looks like. Mm. And as that, as we awaken individually, that, that big, massive collective brain is also expanding in knowledge and wisdom and emotional intelligence and all of these things. And they're all part of the energetic field that makes up our earth. Um, and it's a part of our earth's field. So because we, when we awaken, we actually raise the vibration. And because so many people are awakening on a mass level and we're studying history and we're becoming more, um, you know, in, in touch with ourselves as human beings and with our hearts and our passions and we're, we're being more driven like that. Um, we, we're actually raising the vibration of the earth Wow! on a measurable to- level. Yeah. shout out to the mass awakening man that's Thanks. i guess that makes sense because all throughout last year you were seeing different things not even just in this country like everywhere mm-hmm. around the world different things were going down and, and protests for this or people were speaking about topics that we didn't usually talk about and so i think yeah you can kind of for sure that. bro this this conversation would have never happened three four or five years ago you know what i mean even just that recent you know in in the hip-hop scope of things i'd say you know yeah hundred yeah. percent. A lot of this is becoming the norm. You know what I mean? It used to be more taboo. We're like, ah, oh, that guy's a stoner. It's just yeah, like that, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again, man. This has been a lot of fun. As we wrap things up, I'll have a few more questions for you. But what are some of your just key goals, whether it's personal or work related or you know, as a musician, what are some goals for the year twenty twenty one? Man, 
Um, I'd say some goals for me this year are to nurture um, my experience as a coach and to, and to nurture more people's uh, life experiences through, through my coaching work to also be, be more nurturing to my brothers fully and whim and the, our journey together as the orange collective um, because I have stepped away. I am going to start getting a little bit more involved in the music side still slowly here and there. You'll see me popping up like we're doing OC fashion week coming up here and all that. Um, and so, you know, shout out to Foley and Wim, by the way, those are my brothers. And I just want to give them a big salute. Um, honestly, man, there's no one that I've met in hip hop who resonates on the levels that these brothers do. And, and, um, and now, now I, at least at that point in my life, now I can say, I know you, you know what I mean? Like you, you got that too. So, uh, the more and more people that I meet like this, honestly, it's just, it's just nurturing those relationships and also, um, just really focusing on what can I do? This is something actually that I want to say, because I said this on the phone with fully today. We do, we do a morning prayer every day, me and fully. And, um, we had talked about, um, when we walk into a room, when our, when our objective is like, who can we meet and where, whose number can we get and how much money can we get out of that deal? We are coming from a place of taking in, in 2021, I want to enter every so-called room or every digital room and just see how much value can I provide without expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. And through that, that's going to be my focus for the year. There you go. Well fucking said. All right. Yes, sir. I have some more, you know, quick hitter type questions, a little bit introspective, kind of help the audience because I know you a little bit more. Bet. So let's do it. If you could talk to any person or multiple people in history, dead or alive, who would you want to talk to? Oh, okay. Uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Bentino Massaro, Abraham Hicks. Um, Gandhi. Uh, shit. Martin Luther King, for sure. I'm trying to think of who else. I got to close my eyes for this because I really want it to be true. <laughs> okay, okay. And... Mm, Prophet Muhammad. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I like that group. If you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would they be? Oh, shit. <laughs> I recently went vegetarian and vegan. So um, honestly, right now at this moment, what I'm craving is some fucking meat. And so right now I would say uh, probably like a fucking pepperoni pizza would be great. Okay. All right. <laughs> keep, keep it simple. If you were, if you could be reincarnated to any animal, what would you be, want to be reincarnated as? Mm. Mm. Probably an eagle or a falcon, something like that, or a lion. Mm. Like anything, yeah. I would say either a lion or like an eagle. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, if you are stranded on an island, but food and water were provided, what are three things you'd like to bring to help pass the time and keep you occupied? Okay. Stranded on an island. What was the? Food and water are provided, so you don't have to. Food and water are provided. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um. Shit. I would bring. Damn, there's so many things that I would bring. And you, uh, could pa you could package stuff. Like if you wanted to bring recording equipment, 
like that can be one okay, instead cool, of a, cool. a mic, a laptop. Okay, bet. So I'd say I'd bring everything that's on my desk, like all the recording equipment, the computer, all that. And then I'd bring like a satellite uh, internet because <laughs> I want to still connect with the world. And then I would bring um, shit. My family. Mm, okay, I like that. There you go. And then what is an area of yourself that you would really like to see yourself work on uh, in, the, in the near future? Mm, I would say um, mm, less less self-judgment. Okay. Yeah. And last, last question, if you can give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? To my younger self, I would say... Hmm. You're doing fine, man. Just keep going. Okay. Well said. Well, yeah. really appreciate you again for taking the time out of your day Thank you. to do this recording. Before you go, go ahead and plug any anything that you'd like to promote, websites, music, your coaching, where people can find you, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. So basically everything is on my Instagram at NBL Zamir. So that's N as in Nancy, B as in boy. Actually, I'll just say it. N is in nothing, B is in but, L is in love, uh, Zamir, and uh, Z-A-M-E-E-R. You can find all my links. Just click the link in my bio, and it'll pull up my link tree, and you can see all my coaching stuff. Uh, if you guys want to see content, you could catch it on the main page, and then just DM me if you have any questions. I'm very responsive to anyone who hops in my DM, uh, especially if they're genuinely curious and improving their lives. Um, that's what I'm here for, so, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, again, really want to thank you again. Thank you to Mr. Foley for helping set this up. I was, yeah. really I was able to get you on it. You're one of those people that I, I, like I said, I watched your video or your interview with Maserati a while ago. I think that was almost like a year ago. And yeah. I always had in the back of my mind, like, I want to get this guy on. But I sometimes I get nervous as far as reaching out to people that I don't really have a direct connection with. But I've learned to, like, with the podcast, I, I've learned that, like, when you're ready, like, you get the guests. That, it happens, yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen when you're ready. So, like, Bro, thank you, man. Notes. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And this is actually one of the dopest interviews I've done. So props to you. I appreciate yeah. it. Good shit. Absolutely. Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. And if you did, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on any other platform, be sure to follow, subscribe, and like the podcast homepage. And do me a favor, share it with your family members, share it with your friends, share it with your colleague, your classmate, whoever you think may enjoy the show. Also, shout out to Generic Sports for producing the, my mic, the instrumental playing in the background. And shout out to Vince Correa for designing my Mike and I logo. Also, shout out to Zamir for being on the show, man. That was a fun interview to record. Like I said in the beginning, he's someone that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while. And we're finally able to make it happen. So, uh, you know, blessings up to Zamir. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Before I go, did want to remind you that we have some stickers available and if you're interested in purchasing not even purchasing honestly interested in some stickers we'll work something out at my period mike and period i or on twitter at underscore noah alvarez those are the two best platforms to not only keep up with the podcast when i post new episodes but to reach out for feedback uh, if you're interested in being on the show or if you would like to cop some stickers all right and yeah like i say at the end of every episode hope you continue to chase your dreams not checks and never stop seeking knowledge continue to battle and overcome any obstacle that you may be facing 
It's 2021. We're in the second month of the year, guys. Keep a positive mindset. Surround yourself with positive ideas, positive people, and I guarantee you, you're going to have a lot of positive results. All right? Progress, remember, it's not a straight line. All right? We're going for progress, not perfection. So go easy on yourself this week, guys. First week of February, you know, some holidays around the corner, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff coming through, and uh, oh yeah, the, the big game is this weekend too. Chiefs, Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers taking it against the Chiefs. My final score, mm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say 41-38, Bucks by a field goal. All right, Tom Brady gets his seventh ring. Nah, can you believe that? I was never a Tom Brady fan, and now I'm over here rooting for him. Anyways, I'm rambling now. Guys, thank you again for tuning in to the Mike and I podcast. I'm Noah Alvarez, signing off. Till next time.